You can't look at me like that when I'm trying to set up the intro for the Halloween episode. You, you can't have that look like I'm absolutely ridiculous. Well, we're going for the gimmicks now. I think, have we gotten to that point? We're doing... Here we go. <laughs> Welcome. Who talks like this? To the Great Dive <laughs> Podcast. Does anyone really... Halloween Spooktacular. Oh, oh, oh. Now, does anyone actually talk like that? Have you ever met someone that talked like that? Yeah, you know how many years we've been doing the Halloween Spooktacular? Oh, God. 666. Let's up. Uh, let's count them. One. Ah, ah, ah. Two, Two. years. Two years. Ah, 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 ah. Three. <laughs> Three Halloween. He is my favorite count. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Listen, there's some scary things that happen when you're scuba diving from time no. to time. This, you know, there, 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 can, there can be some scary things that happen when you're scuba diving. Jason, Jason's out there scuba diving. Various well, places Jason, he's been placed. Yeah, Jason's in a bunch of uh, quarries and lakes nowadays. So you could swim across that. Ah! Give, you, give, give you the spooks. <laughs> you could run across the Orchard Lake Sea Monster, which we are in hot pursuit of. And by hot, you mean... Tepid. I know it seems like I'm I'm like cynical or whatnot, and it's not so much that. It's just like I really wish that it was that was real. I really wish there was something we could say. Yeah, there's there's a real sea monster. It would be cool. Remember that time? Remember that time you got buddied up with Karen on Old the boat? Karen and uh, Oh, Karen. That was kind of a that was, she was kind of a sea monster. <laughs> And Karen didn't think so. No, we're going to talk about something really, really scary. I got some help on this one with our good buddy, Dr. Nate. Awesome. We're going to talk about something so scary, so horrifying. So that, that, terrifying. That you would, that if you had your choice, you'd love to run into. To get the, you'd love to get the bends. You'd love of, to run into the yes. Orchard Lake sea monster instead of this. This is a sea monster more vicious than any Orchard Lake sea monster. Is it vicious so much as it's deadly? Deadly. I mean, you might never want to even get back in the water for fear of running into this monster. This is this is a story from less than 10 years ago about a 25-year-old man who went into the hospital because he had a headache, had a fever, and a reduced level of consciousness, he said. A re- he said or the, the article said? Well, that's, that's what oh, he went in. I have a he reduced wasn't, wasn't level of consciousness. Well. Have you ever said, I have a reduced level? <laughs> Yeah, every Friday night after a dude, hard day of work. Dude, I totally got a reduced level of consciousness, man. Uh, I was aiming for my reduced level of consciousness. <laughs> When's the band going to start? I got it. I finally got my reduced level of consciousness, man. It's been so long since I had a reduced level of consciousness. No, but he, he noticed it because he, it felt weird because the guy was really healthy. Wasn't on any medications at all. Yeah. Yeah, he you know, he worked he worked in the city, was out visiting some family out on the countryside and attended a wedding and of particular note he went diving for pearls in a local freshwater lake. Pearls, you say. Freshwater pearls. Interesting. How many places have And then uh... about a week about a week later, he started getting this headache and fever that he couldn't shake. COVID. He even decided even decided to do something really scary for a for a guy like myself, you know, who is not used to taking medications. Started to take some paracetamol. 
Yes, acetaminophen. It's also known as acetaminophen. <laughs> no, why? Why did? They, oh, because it's British. That's what they call it in Britain. Have you ever uh, had acetylsalicylic acid? Uh, I, I I actually I have had some supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Is that what you no, said? Acetylsalicylic acid. Man, I dropped some acetylsalicylic acid this morning, man. I'm seeing I'm seeing Orchard Lake sea monsters now, dude. <laughs> no, it's aspirin. Acetaminophen, acetylsalicylic acid, paracetamol. Paracetamol. Well, it didn't help. His headache actually got worse in severity. And he finally realized, I got to go to the goddamn hospital. And that's where it was noted that he was really confused. So he was given a dose of ceftriaxone. Which is a you know, steroid, I would imagine. Any, most things ending in the O-N-E are a steroid. And they're used for um, extreme inflammation. And they were trying to make sure like he was covered for bacterial meningitis. Right. Right. It's sometimes used to treat sinus infections, endocarditis, an inflammation of the heart lining and the, uh, the valves, the lining of the heart and the valves. Genital source, ay, ay, ay. Do you know what the, the Glasgow coma yes, scale is? Yes, I used to. When he gets to the hospital, on initial assessment, they say, his temperature... Was thirty nine degrees Fahrenheit? No, no. <laughs> really. No. So let's uh, let's we're gonna do a multinational metric slash imperial episode this week in honor we of uh, relations. Yeah, mate. Over the pond relations. A little. We're gonna do a little spot of tea with a me spot temperature of tea with some centimeters, some milliliters of tea with me. That's uh that's over a hundred and two degree temperature for us okay. Yanks, but but uh, this does take place in the UK, and you know, but but my wife knows that the, in the hospital they always tend to measure and maybe Celsius. in the chemical area, but not in the not in the notes. We don't. Yeah. She's always talking Celsius and kilos. Yeah. It's milliliters, milliliters per kilo or milligrams per kilo as far as dosage. And I'm always like. How many 12-ounce cans of Bud is that? <laughs> His neck started getting stiff. His Glasgow coma scale, Brando. The old Glasgow was a 10. coma scale. It's was a 10. Was he wearing his kilt when he, took, uh, when he jumped on the Glasgow coma scale? A 10. So a, a 10 on the old Glasgow coma scale is moderately compromised uh, consciousness level or central nervous system response level. In other words... Well, that makes sense, remember? Yeah. You get a score for different different um, bodily reactions, like opening well, your remember, eyes. Well, remember, because he said he had a reduced, he had a reduced level of consciousness. Well, yeah, what the Glasgow Coma Scale does is give, gives a uh, uh, standardized measurement so that the ER docs or whatever physicians can... Map a path of treatment. See, kind of guess what's going on. Give them, give them an idea of where to go with this. Yeah, it's it's looking at your response verbally, your your eyes, motor skills, yes. stuff like that. Right? Your eyes opening on their own, or do you have to open them? You know, have to say something for people to, to open their eyes, or you have to manipulate them or do put some pressure on the person. Uh, and then verbal response: Are they oriented? We always, you know, in the paramedic, it's we used to call A and O times three, which is alert and oriented times three. So you know who you are, where you're at, and what day or time it is. You know, and some people don't have that on a daily basis, and they're they're still considered okay. Uh, but so that's part of the the Glasgow Coma Scale score, and then of course your motor response. Can you obey commands or? You can't do anything, you know, to, and there's a number given in between there, like, say, from six to one kind of thing. And then you add them up, and a good, a good score is if you've got, like, 15, you're, you're, a, you're pretty good. You're good. That's the best you can get. But when you get down to 
you know, 12, 11, 10, 9, you're moderately impaired. So the old Glasgow Coma Scale. The old Glasgow Coma Scale. Thank you for that wonderful Have you ever been to Glasgow? I, I haven't. I'd, I'd love to go to Glasgow. With your Irish uh, heritage, I would imagine it's just a, a hop, skip, and a jump away from uh, merry old, uh, merry old Ireland. It is not a hop. It's not, it is not a hop, skip, <laughs> and a jump. It is. You're right over there. From, it is. No, no. It's a wee a diddle, wee diddle, diddle. diddle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so he, he's got the this, this stiff neck. You know, they, they start running a bunch of blood tests on him. Yeah, fever, stiff neck, Cerebral headache. spinal fluid tests. He's, he's got, yeah, meningitis. They're checking his, like, glucose levels. How old is this guy? Uh, 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 he's 25 yeah. years old. Uh, everything's, like, going normal. You know, they're, they're trying to figure out what the heck's going Son on. Son of a bitch. Did they and spinal they tap him? notice. Yeah, they did spinal tap him. You want to know what the opening pressure was of his lumbar pulse? Yeah, do test? we have that? Because that's very critical. It was 38 mer- centimeters of water. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. I'm starting to narrow this down now. <laughs> it can only be a couple of things. So go on. Go on. You want to know what his uh, CSF protein was? Oh, please. It was all normal. His cerebrospinal fluid protein was 7 to 9 grams per liter. Nice. And now you start oh, to understand yeah. what's going on. Oh yeah, this is serious business right now. So they do a wet mount microscope check, and guess what they observe? Uh, Numerous amoeba. What was his protein? Amoeba. What was his protein again? Amoeba. Amoeba. <laughs> is that a song by uh, Amoeba? ABBA? Is that an ABBA song? Amoeba, I love no. you, Amoeba. No, that's a another song completely. So it was an amoeba, eh? So they're finding this this amoeba. What did they What did they think when they saw the amoeba? What happened then? They're looking for possible meningitis, right? And they find right. an amoeba. It's presenting with pretty much the same signs there, symptoms, classic meningitis sign, signs and symptoms. And very good. They said that in view of the cerebrospinal fluid findings and the history of exposure to fresh water, a diagnosis of primary amoebic meningenocephalitis was considered. Interesting. You know, it's funny you bring this up. You know, when when did this occur? This was in uh, 2012. Oh, okay. okay, go ahead. We'll come back to this. We'll circle back. You know, this just happened a couple of weeks ago again. You know, uh, yeah, I was gonna say. You know, we were, you and I were fresh water diving in 2012. Yes, we were. This just happened though in Texas. Boy just died from it. Remember that time when uh, you were feeling uh, like you had a reduced level of. I consciousness? always feel like I have a reduced. In 2012, I think that's when it, that I started to have a reduced level of consciousness, and uh, it's never came back. <laughs> I've become friends with my uh, bacteria, my uh, amoeba, though. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> you think that's what's going on in uh, in politics? Is they all got uh, reduced level of consciousness from an amoeba? <laughs> so late. So later that mm-hmm. day, the day he went into the hospital, his condition just continued to deteriorate, and he went on a ventilator. Was intubated. Went on in, uh, on a ventilator, <clears throat> and all of a sudden, all of a sudden. There's a polymerase chain reaction, a PCR <laughs> amplification that was targeting his 18s RNA gene, Brando. Yeah, go on. You you had me at polymerase chain reaction. And guess what? <laughs> it was confirmed that the cause of that primary amoebic meningocephalitis was the evil, monstrous. Negleri Fowleri. <laughs> the Negleri Fowleri. Is that like a Nosferatu yeah, you a heard little that bit? Right. Kind of. This is the Nosferatu of amoebas, maybe, a free-living amoeba. It's just misunderstood. That typically, that typically lives in freshwater environments. Pay attention, all you freshwater divers out there. Will you ever dive again? The amoeba... Entered the brain 
via the olfactory nerve after infected water was inhaled or, or gets splashed around somewhere around the nose. You ever get water in your mask, Brando? Never. I don't believe in it. I Yes, then, I do, can actually. You explain your, can you explain your reduced level of consciousness? Uh, well, yeah, actually, I can. <laughs> it's from acetylsalicylic acid dropping. What? <laughs> Can you explain your headaches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this process right now. Yeah. Yeah, go on. I can, I've got a good explanation. Within the central nervous system, the Nagleri fowleri amoeba can cause intense inflammatory reaction accompanied by necrosis and hemorrhaging. That amoeba appears to be increasing in frequency, they say, within an expanding geographic footprint. The clinical and CSF findings are difficult to distinguish from bacterial meningitis. And there's a history of freshwater exposure and symptoms such as the loss of smell that should prompt consideration of this very disease. Anybody who ever comes out of the warm, fresh summer waters little bit of olfactory reduction in senses should be highly aware of. And this primary amoebic meningocephalitis amoeba has an extremely high case of, guess what, fatalities. How high? And there are very, very few documented survivors. Yeah, basically it's a death sentence. If you got it, you're going you to leave us. You're going away. For a long time. Yeah. You going to die. How do they say that? You going to die. Look like you going to die. So. So, yeah, he. Um, so he subsequently uh, went into full cardiac arrest and, he, and could never be resuscitated. He expired. He, he expired. passed on. What are your favorite. Uh, the Nagliri Fowleri strikes again. What are your favorite. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am for, highly. For dying. You are highly what? Go on. I'm highly considering hanging up my freshwater fins, if you know what I mean. Well, James. The Nagliri Fowleri could strike in any freshwater You don't even have to be. And its geographic footprint is increasing, as stated by this medical article. And you don't have to be in the water, James, first of all. Let me let me tell you. You can get this. I know you like to do this. You like to do those nasal rinses. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were going to say skinny no, dipping. nasal rinses. Yeah, yeah. The people doing those uh, nasal um, oh, yeah, yeah. rinsing. They, yeah. There's a couple cases down in uh, Virgin Islands. Uh, from nasal rinsing, they've got the pram, the PAM, the primary amoebic mes, mesingo, wait, is it meningia, meningoencephalitis. Yes. And they, they bought it. They bought the farm. They bought the, the freshwater pearl farm. They made, you know I mean. yes, they made their last nasal rinse, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you can get it from that. Also, you don't have to go scuba diving, James. Uh, as recent as September 11th, 2021, a uh, young boy died down in Texas uh, from being in the splash parks. He contracted this primary amoebic uh, meningoencephalitis, and he passed on as well. So they had to close all of those those water parks, um, and then. From another case of the Nagleri Falleri. Nagleri Falleri. Let's can we make up a song about Nagleri Falleri? Nagleri. Nagleri Falleri. It doesn't have to be a punk song. I like it. Nagleri Falleri. <laughs> uh, Nagleri Falleri, and she's all right. Something like that. <laughs> she's all right with me. Yeah. So you don't even have to be scuba diving, but I think scuba diving would lend itself to definitely uh, shoving some water up your old nostril and contracting the old PAM, the old PAM, primary amoebic meningoencephalitis. Horrifying. horrifying. Ooh, that's scary. scary. Can I get it from a disinfected swimming pool? No. No, you can't. What kills Nagleri Faleri? 
Machine guns. Machine gun, very tiny machine guns, though, because the bullets, they're one-celled uh, bioorganisms. Bioorganisms. They're one-celled organisms. You know, you would think... You would think that they would have had Godzilla attack in the Glory Falleri back in the day, like just a giant man-eating, world-eating amoeba, you know, uh, fighting Godzilla. Well, by the mere fact that amoeba is a one-celled organism, it really couldn't be giant. It would need many cells to create a system of organs, you know. Yeah, what about what about Mothra? I mean, Mothra was many cells. Uh, it's a moth. It was a moth, but it was a gigantic building. But a moth, moth. is bil- billions from outer of space. cells. These are from out. Nigliri Falleri are from outer now space. Now you're now you're talking. They kind of did have that in um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Was that it? No, well, the thing. Yeah, the yeah. thing. Maybe I don't remember. But they find the the. I think it was an amoeba. They found it down frozen in the Antarctic. Kurt Russell, that movie with Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was called The Thing, the thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they kind of had that. That was scary. That was kind of a scary movie, wasn't it? You want to talk about something you want you want to talk about something really scary? <laughs> of course I do. This is uh got to do with a 14-year-old boy. 14-year-old boy. Parents brought him into the hospital. He's uh, had sore throat, fever for over a week, and a tender bilateral submandibular lymphadenopathy. Adenopathy. Adenopathy. So his lymph nodes. Lympha, uh, lymphadenopathy. His lymph nodes under his, in his neck there, under his jaw, are swollen. And that's one of the places, you, like when you've got an infection going on somewhere, those will get swollen. You can feel right because your your body's trying to fight well, something. It's creating off. lymph, and it's uh, yeah, lymph is crucial in fighting but, off bad guys. But what? But what could he be fighting off? Not Mothra, I'll tell you that much. Uh, a week worth of amoxicillin still has a temperature. Can't get the temperature down. Son of a bitch. Throat culture yeah. for Group A streptococci negative. On examination, his lips are swollen with several herpetiform lesions extending into the buccal mucosa. You know what that is? The buccal mucosa? Yeah, it's yeah. The, your mouth lining. <laughs> your buccal moco- mucosa. Buccal mucosa. Yeah, it's that uh, mucosal lining of the interior mouth, if I'm not mistaken. They did a culture for HSV-1. Herpes simplex virus. Positive. Positive after 24 hours in this 14-year-old boy. Herpes simplex virus? Really? Uh, I, I know what you're thinking. Ah, 14-year-old he boy. He hooked up with a 19-year-old. Uh, he just started he got a, a fake ID and went life, to the bar. Life, the lifeguard. <laughs> hey, hanging out with uh, little Susie, the lifeguard. No, no, he denied kissing with any girlfriend, nor had any of his close family members ever had herpes labialis. And both of his parents were negative. Guess what the boy had just finished? I don't want to know. He's 14 years old. <laughs> Was he in the bathroom for a long time? <laughs> <laughs> he just had finished a scuba diving course. Just a few days before his symptoms started. I told you this was going to be scary. Oh, so scary. The boy denied sharing any eating utensils or his personal mask with anybody that was in his class. Three of his uh, classmates were uh, interviewed. And guess what? One of them recalled also having some fever blisters. Back around the time that he'd started the class. Interesting. And it was determined that there was an exchange of a regulator mouthpiece during the class multiple times over that five-day course, which transmitted the sufferable primary Herpes labialis HSV-1 to the boy. Now, they do say that although this interference is difficult to prove, 
The circumstantial evidence is pretty strong and supportive. Now, at least in the underwater drills, the mouthpiece of the pressurized air regulators exchanged frequently between participants to simulate emergency conditions. The herpes viruses are generally considered very fragile and incapable of survival for prolonged periods of time in ambient conditions, they say, Brando. However, exchange of a mouthpiece between two diving mates can take less than two seconds, which can clearly allow for the survival of HSV. Sure. You got plenty of time. You don't have to rush right into... Getting that other regulator in your mouth. Let the HSV die out in Let the water. Let the HSV <laughs> die off. That's always a concern, you know, the herpes herpes simplex virus. People get cold sores. That's uh, that's a form of HSV, man. Will you ever dive again? <laughs> <laughs> So we're not only doing the glaria, falari, we're doing HSV. We have to be worried about that. What was that? What was that? HSV. What was that? Oh, that was HSV. Uh, Could have been an amoeba. Was that a shark? Was that a shark? No, that was Negleri Fowleri. Ooh. Ooh. Well. Ooh, that's scary. (laughs) Just make sure you're not exchanging regulators or mouthpieces with somebody with uh, the HSV, with the herpes simplex all virus. Of, all of a sudden, thanks to uh, this episode of the Great Dive Podcast, spare air sails are going <laughs> through the roof. Now, oh, those are two pretty scary underwater monsters, though. You got to admit. But nothing as scary as that one time I was diving on a, on a rainy Christmas day did i ever tell you rainy christmas day you were diving on christmas yeah the hell you know jesus would frown so yeah you know uh you know the ocean is a blanket that covers 70 percent of our earth it's actually water it's power water james It's, it's power though destroys and shapes our land Creating jagged pillars of stone, steep cliffs, walls of ice. You know that, right? No, tell me more. I've never known Well, 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 well <laughs> from these places, the ocean descends, filling the imperfections of our Earth's surface with watery depths not even light can penetrate to. These spots are the most brutal frontier of our earth, giving refuge to creatures shaped in the absence of illumination, grotesque and alien. They hide from our judgment, Brandon. Not really. Biding their time, biding their time in isolation, unwelcoming to visitors. I it is am best, unwelcoming perhaps. to visitors. <laughs> it's best, perhaps, to, that we've kept our lives separate all this time. But unfortunately, curiosity is a principal aspect of human nature. We inevitably stumble across these creatures once in a while. And I did. I fear one day that we will descend a little too deep and disturb a monster irreversibly suffering the consequences of their destructive idiosyncrasy. After all, it was, if you remember, Brando, curiosity that killed the cat. In my case, my dive buddies. Nice. I'm intrigued. I'm telling you this to warn you and other divers. Of course, not many people believe what I say that that I saw, but I beg you to give my story a little credence here. It could save your life one day, Brando. I'm listening. People out there, listeners of the Great Dive Podcast, you got to listen to me. But at the very least, if there's one thing to take away from this, you got to trust your intuition. If something feels wrong as you head out to a remote dive spot not yet explored, listen. What lurks below is being polite and warning you 
not to come any closer. It was curiosity and ego that led my friends and me to, to that cavern off the coast of Mexico. We were told no one had actually explored it, and we knew that we were going to be the first. My dive buddies and I had about an hour boat ride away. And we decided to spend our Christmas doing what we love the most. Scuba diving. Now you're talking. Yeah, a little scuba diving vacation for Christmas. That's Just like Jesus about. did when he was born. Well, we were all in our 20s. You were in your 20s? Ignorant of danger. Falsely believing that we were indestructible. Like, like all kids in their 20s. True, true. It was a rainy Christmas morning. And we all silently put on our wetsuits, packed up the boat. The passage out to the dive location was uneventful. The ocean was a bit rough, but, but nothing dangerous. We each enjoyed a large thermos of warm coffee as we listened in silence to the hum of the motor. The sound of the water lapping against the hull and the gentle patter of rain on the boat's canvas cabin roof. It was unusual for our group not to be cracking jokes and messing around. If I had to guess why we were so quiet, I would say it was because we all, for some unexplained reason, felt uneasy. If it had not been for us wanting to spend Christmas diving, not being big believers in intuition, perhaps we would have turned back. But unfortunately, Brando, we didn't. Ah, ah, ah. I have, uh, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I need to hear the rest. Go on. The buildup is, is tremendous here. It's killing me. Well, we arrived at the cave's location. It was, it was about 7 in the morning. It was still unusually dark as the stormy weather and the heavy cloud cover was completely blocking the sun. We decided that three of my friends would dive first, explore the cave, and set up a guide rope for me and our other friend Lucas to follow when it was our turn. Guide rope. Oh, a guide rope. Guide, install guide, a guide rope. rope? They, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna, they're, they are going to install a guide rope. Guide rope. rope. Hmm. I don't, I've never, I've not heard the use of a guide rope. I guess uh, how how long ago was it? It's unexplored. It's a, It was an unexplored cave. Still. We were in our twenties. <laughs> we were in our twenties. A couple. It was a couple decades ago. Guide rope. Well, are these guys British? I know they have different names for everything over there, like a torch. If you call a flashlight a torch, what do you call an actual torch? Don't say flashlight. <laughs> now I'm really confused. A fire stick. Fire stick. Well, that sounds a little primitive, if you ask me, and very broad. It could be a, mo- a number of things. A match could be a fire stick. I guess a match is a mini to- mini torch, right? But what's a welding torch then? A welding fire stick. So we helped our buddies get in the water. We wished them luck, and slowly watched them sink out of sight. We sat on the boat deck quietly, talking you know, a little bit as we. Watched the fog start to thicken around the boat. An hour after our friend's departure, we started to get worried. They were supposed to have come up about five minutes ago, and their air must be running dangerously low. After about five more tense minutes passed, we decided that I would go down and look for them while Lucas would stay on the boat and try to contact the emergency services. So I threw on my gear with one final worried thumbs up to Lucas. I dropped off the side of the boat into the chilly water. I floated there for a second. I'm listening. Peering at the guide rope, going down, out of sight, hoping that it led me to my friends. Then, deflating my vest... I descended into the dark water below. As I sank, I noticed no ocean life occupied the water around me. No ocean life. 
Not so much as a minnow. So this is the ocean cave? Interesting. Yeah. Christmas Day. Could could we air this episode on Christmas? Is this a, a multi-holiday episode, a bi-holiday episode, if you will? Not even not even an amoeba, Brando. Not even a Nigeria Valeri. Interesting. Now I suspect something. I'm not usually fearful of diving, but the eerie void of just water that surrounded me put me on edge. I focused on my breathing to calm myself, listening to the sound of my inhaling and then exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. The bubbles rose from my mask, rumbling up towards the surface as the weighted belt around my waist started pulling me down. I checked my depth, Brando. Yes. 15 meters. I knew that I should be nearing the jagged sea floor and the location of the cavern. But I saw it, it a short time later. A large, gaping gash in the seafloor, at least 100 feet long and 40 feet wide. I observed the guided rope descend out of sight into the dark cavern below and felt my stomach drop, releasing, realizing that I had to follow it within. I grasped the fraying dive rope's polyester loosely with one hand, turned on my dive light with the other, and I descended into the darkness. At a depth of 40 meters, I came across something much worse than my friend's corpses. I came across the end of the rope. It just floated there, perfectly intact, unsuggestive of the fate of my buddies. No wonder they hadn't gotten out of the water, Brandon. They were, were they down there still? I knew they were dead before coming to the end of the How? rope, but... Now, pent-up emotion and fear overwhelmed me. Not having the comfort of at least knowing their fate unleashed my vividest imagination into the dark depths of my mind. Every seemingly irrational fear I had about the abyss of the ocean resurfaced in my mind like a bubble, unimpeded, seeks out of the surface, violent, unstoppable. I knew that recovery of my friend's corpses was pointless and they had probably sunk well below the depths that my recreational dive equipment could withstand. I was about to turn my back and get out of that dreaded cavern as quickly as possible, not wanting to encounter the same mysterious fate as my friends. When a sound pierced through the water all around me. What kind of sound? You gotta listen... You gotta listen. You gotta listen to your intuition. You do. If that's not the the, the summary of this tale, I'm trying to re- recapture and recount to you that I lived on Christmas Day nearly <laughs> 20 years ago. Everybody's had that gut feeling, you know, that tells you something's wrong, danger's looming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your your, your heart kind of speeds up. I had that feeling bit. when we started to record you're, you're this bre- episode. <laughs> 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 your breathing becomes more shallow. Your senses heighten. Your, your muscles get tense. And you get ready to either fight or run. That's how I felt as soon as I heard the sound. Ask me again what, what it sounded uh, like. What did it sound like? I can only describe it as akin to a, a whale song or a hull of a, a giant ship like creaking. A... Uh, it, no, it, start, it wow. started higher than that. Oh. Wow. It started high and, wow. uh, and then went down. Wow. And it went down into a low <laughs> bass tone. <laughs> it reverberated. It reverberated <laughs> in my chest. Okay. <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of beautiful 
uh, but, but terrifying at the same time. That doesn't sound beautiful and terrifying. <laughs> beautiful like a... a is it? Uh, it's like a, like a siren. Not a not a not an emergency siren like a siren of the deep, like the siren like a of the sultry sea siren from Ulysses that lure the lure the lured sailors the to the shore only to devour them. It, it was resonating deep within me and beckoned me to swim, swim into the abyss come below. Come to the abyss. Come That's the, to the now abyss. that sounds much more like it. Yes. Wow. Come to the abyss. For a second, I held on to the weights I had detached from my waist, letting them pull me downward. I desperately fought to resist the sound, eventually gaining the edge and started to swim up toward the entrance of the cavern. After 30 meters of unrelenting torture, the sound stopped and echoed around in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'd reached the jagged mouth of the cavern, but I knew I had to take an eight-minute decompression stop or risk potentially fatal decompression sickness, Brandon. Depth. Floating. You're, you're at 15 meters, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't you at 15 meters? Almost. How long you been there? What do you mean you're risking decompression sickness? I think you're making up excuses. Floating there, I could not help myself from staring down into the mouth of the cavern. Half expecting a vast creature to slowly emerge from the depths. Effortlessly grabbing me and pulling me back down. It was agony. I felt helpless and small like in a nightmare where you can't escape the monster that's chasing you. At times... I thought I heard the voices of my friends tormenting me, calling me back down to join them. I barely resisted them, and at times I caught myself starting to dive back down. In my mind, there resided a strange conflict between the fear of the abyss and a deep longing to dive back down into it. Mm. If I had stayed in that cavern even five minutes longer, I know I would have gone crazy. Forget about it. Gl gladly abdicating my mind to the call of a creature below that still echoes within me. So I finished my eight-minute decompression stop. Whew. See, all right. Barely. Barely finished it. I look back down into the depths. One last time, Brandon. One last What I saw just between the threshold of the abyss and our domain of light was the shape of an impossibly huge creature slowly drifting past my field of vision before disappearing back into the darkness. Interesting. I know what you're thinking. It might have been the sea monster of Orchard Lake. You're probably Mothra. right. You put Mothra in my head, and now I can't get Mothra out of my. I used to, I used to love Mothra. Mothra with those two little uh, Japanese girls singing. You remember them? Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. How can yeah. you not like Mothra? Who's your favorite? If you have a, if you have a, cho you have to pick one. Yeah, Ultraman. Ultraman is pretty cool. Ultraman was pretty cool. My thing was, so he almost always ends up using Duh. that move with the little uh, like circular light thing that cuts him in half, right? Almost yeah, always. Why wouldn't you use wouldn't that you all just, the time? Why don't you That's just use that use. in the beginning? You know, the beta capsule, his little button on his chest starts beeping really fast and going, going crazy, and you're like, oh, come on, Ultraman. And then finally, you know, he's getting the shit kicked out of him, and he goes and he... Cuts them in half with that that thing. 
sometimes uses something a little different, but along the same lines, my thing is just use that right off the bat. You'll save a lot of energy. I didn't have that. All I had was a dive <laughs> exactly. knife. You didn't have that, but and my stomach plummeted. Wait, we're still not. We still haven't found best monster. This is the Halloween episode. What is truly the best monster? And Ultraman really isn't a monster. He's a good guy. That's why they needed Nagleri <laughs> Falerai. Yeah, rub. but there's no personality within Nagleri Falerai. You know that. They're just like a blob kind of thing. I think they might have a couple little antennas sticking out or something. I don't think there's any personality. There's nothing lovable about them. See, there's something lovable about Godzilla. What about Rodan? Did you like Rodan at all? You didn't like any of the bird ones. Ghidra. What about Ghidra? Remember Ghidra, the three-headed bird? Lizard bird thing? Nigliri, if there was a giant Nigliri Falerai attacking Tokyo with its extending pseudopods of that were humongous. Yeah. Brain eating. That, that Godzilla had to fight. I I think uh I think the the legend of Godzilla could have gone a completely different way. And if if that Nigliri Falerai amoeba got into Godzilla's olfactory Forget nerves. It. Good night. So even Godzilla. It. It's all over. They're, 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 it would have been the last right. of the Godzilla. So what defeats uh, Nagleria Falerai? What would defeat him? I'm assuming he's a, he's a man. Because men guns. suck, apparently. Uh, machine guns? Really? Machine guns? That simple. So if Godzilla pulls out like uh, an M5, <laughs> right? He's got a chance. Now he's got a chance. <laughs> what about an automatic pistol? <laughs> I don't know. What? Okay. Wolfman versus Nagleria Faleri. Who wins? Well, listen. <laughs> At the time of my decompression stops, my stomach had plummeted. And I expected to see this thing reemerge and rush towards me, but it never did, well, Brandon. No. Wolfman's down there, man. I didn't doubt that it was still there, and I still question why it did not pursue me. Perhaps it was impressed with my ability to resist its song, and it decided to spare me, maybe. Or maybe it had already eaten, and it wasn't impressed with the taste of my, you know, scuba gear. Well, it ate your buddy's scuba gear. Am I right? Yeah, but he had a scuba ah, pro. Ah, in air, too. <laughs> I was just—I was just wearing a body glove. He didn't want that—that sh- that cheap, shitty he body likes glove. One. Taste for split fins. That's true. Maybe those old rubber jets. Old rubber jet fins I'm wearing. They're don't bitter. Like the taste of those. Bitter pill to swallow those jets. He didn't like that. He didn't want to get that long hose all like caught in his teeth. Oh yeah, that is the he worst. Liked the, he liked the taste of my buddy's little air too. <laughs> quick, quick. One bite. less hose. It's one less hose. It's tasty. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was one that you'd think you'd want the bigger meal of the, no. of, the of the seven the seven foot long. No, you know I, I mean. think it, it the fact that it's uh you know more stringy, there's more to deal with. It's too much work. Yeah. Well, whatever the reason may be. I was able to return physically intact to the boat. I may, I may never fully recover from that experience. And even now, I occasionally feel the urge to dive back into the ocean and drown myself. You have an urge to do that, really? Why? Do. Why didn't you just drown yourself it's a, there? It's a guilt. It's a guilt. I oh. hold on to losing oh. my buddies. No one, of course, believes my story. No, they Not don't. Even my, my, even my family. <laughs> I get the. I'm starting to get the feeling that no, you don't even no. believe the well, story I'm telling you right no, don't, now. But don't get that feeling. I believe you. Even even my family <laughs> thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> they thought you were crazy before the story. This didn't help your your case. But. I know, but I know I'm not. I'm not. I'm not okay. crazy. I plan to one day to return to that spot. My friends died when my life neared its very end, and I almost died right there. Did you, though? Really? For now, Did you really? You did an eight-minute decompression stop. You went down there, you, and then you came back, and you stopped for eight minutes. So you didn't get eaten. 
My gradient <laughs> factors were kicking in. I almost died. The gradient factors were tingling, Brandel. You don't I get don't it. I don't get it. I was all RGBM'd in that <laughs> you were, son of a bitch. I was getting all RGBM'd up in this bitch, yo. <laughs> I will RGBM the shit out of this dive. <laughs> but for now, I struggle through each day with my only goal is to warn others of the dangers that lurk down below those waves. Consider me warned. I do this. Okay. The, the, the dramatic pause there, I obviously could not time that correctly. I do this in the small chance that they will listen to me and leave the 80% of undiscovered ocean undiscovered. Oh, you don't want no part of that shit. I know. I know deep down that they won't. But hopefully, I am not alive to witness the fallout. Hopefully I'm dead so that thing won't kill me. Is that, is that the message I'm supposed to take out of this? That's exactly nice. right. Don't listen to that siren's song. Wee, 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 wee. Is it, it's a French siren. Something like that. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> I hope you liked those terrifying <laughs> tales. They were terrifying, for sure. The most terrifying part, I the... think, was the noises. The whale combo creaking door noise. More terrifying than the amoeba of yeah. death? Yeah, I think so. I don't know, man. I, uh, amoeba of death, I'm still debating whether I even want to go diving with you this Well, dude, if you really think about it, diving is only like uh, it's a very minimal chance of getting it. The people that have, that have got, that, have, that are, have succumbed to the Negleria falerii uh, amoeba of death, they, you know, there was a couple that, uh, that squirted it up uh, their nose with the sinus cleanse, you know, with sinus rinse. A couple of those people got it. So you don't have to go in the water. You can just do something like that. And there's uh, that, that kid that got it at the uh, Splash Parks down in Texas uh, about a month ago. Great. Now, now I don't even want to take a bath. As you should. Don't even want to take a shower. I don't even want to leave. I don't even want to leave my office. Well, well, that's what this is all about. Fear. The people, the people should be fearful listening to this podcast. Question whether you want to well, go this is... diving ever again. Do you know what can happen to you down there? Especially those of you who have facial hair, a little bit of stubble, have, don't have a clean shave. Let a little water get in your mask, get in near your olfactory glands. <laughs> You, I think you like saying factory glands. All right, everybody. Happy Halloween. Enjoy your Halloween holiday, folks.